Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2020. This is Laura talking about Step 12. All the cool kids stayed till the end. We've arrived. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who put this on. I had a really wonderful weekend, actually. It was wonderful. Um, Step 12, it's my favorite. And um, my experience is that AA... And my recovery isn't about me. It's about the people that I need to help recover from alcoholism. And when I sit down with the person that I'm going to help, I tell them that AA isn't about you. It's about the people that you're here to help. Um, I didn't understand AA when I first got here. I came eight years before I actually came willing. And um, the first time that I came to AA, oh, I'm very lucky. I loved it. I walked in. And I loved the people, and I loved how kind everyone was me it was to me, and I loved the attention, and I loved that people would say things like, keep coming back, because people are not asking me to come back anywhere. And I loved, um, I loved people would say, like, you're the most important person in the room, and I'd be like, I am. Thank God someone's <laughs> figured that out. <laughs> and I loved the attention. And I loved um, people giving a shit about me and caring and being of service to me. I loved people doing this stuff for me. And um, I would stand up here and I'd tell you about how I was traveling and I'd tell you about how I was going and where I was at. And I loved talking about myself and I loved this, you know, and people listening. And I did not hear the message that first time that I came, but I liked it here. You know what I mean? And I saw the people that were helping me. They were really happy, right? But um, I didn't want to do that work. That was ridiculous. And I did not correlate to the people that were the givers in the room were actually the people that were joyful. And I was the taker, and I was getting all the things that I thought that I wanted, but I was not. And that wasn't keeping me sober. Being loved back to life was not actually doing anything. And I took a 30-day chip at three days sober because I wanted everyone else to be happy because they really wanted – I was like, no, no, it's for them. They love this, you know. <laughs> So when I left, I knew, I knew when I left that the solution was here, even though I didn't hear it, I said out loud, that's going to work when I'm ready. And I spent eight more years um, drinking and eight more years qualifying as a real alcoholic. And what that means that I found out now is that I have a mental obsession with alcohol that non-alcoholics don't have. It means that I will, um, no matter what, no matter what I'm going to lose if I take a drink or what I'm going to gain if I don't, or what circumstances I've had for drinking, including getting sick or almost dying or losing my children or a job, or what I have to gain, including whatever, by not drinking, that my mind will say, F it, and at some point in time I'm going to justify taking a drink. And when I do, I also have the phenomenon of craving, which means that when I start to drink, I cannot stop drinking comfortably. And that's just what I have. And if I really understand that I just have those two things, that's my alcoholism. I'm going to die of alcoholism. I'm going to die drunk. I'm supposed to die. Why do, why do we die? We're supposed to. Mm -hmm. So if I have those two things, I understand what I have. And that's the identification that I needed to know that I was in the right place. That's it. That's it. And I guess as a side note, if you can remember that if you're new, do you have those couple bits of sentences? Are you able to do that? Can someone else identify with you, right? Because if you identify with what I just said, and I tell you that I did this stuff, and now that's not a problem anymore, hopefully that could give you a ton of hope. I'm not selling anything else, you know? I'm a hope dealer. People in America make fun of those guys, and I'm like, I wish we had some hope dealers around here. Like, oh, they're so nerdy, I love them. 
eight more years, and I came back in here, and I came falling <laughs> on my hands and knees. The first meeting, I didn't stay sober. The second meeting, I accosted a little old lady. She was 95 years old, and I said, I'm not leaving till you tell me how to get sober because I can't. And she sat and started reading the big book with me, and that got me through to the next day. The next day, it was now 48 hours with alcohol, and my alcoholism is diagnosed with what, how I feel when I take the alcohol away, which is horrible. I feel like I want to die immediately. I make it 48 hours, and everything is, just falls apart, and it's just unbearable to exist. And I was sitting in that room, and Becca walks in. Becca is beautiful, and she is happy, and she is laughing in an AA meeting, and she is hugging people. And she is smiling, and I fucking hate Becca, okay? <laughs> Becca sits in front of me, and it's a birthday meeting. And he's four years sober, and it's a ton of people. And we're going around the room, and everyone's like, happy birthday, Will, and it's a miracle. And someone stupidly asked me to share. And I said, you know, I'm happy for you, Will, in all your sobriety. But when are you going to tell me how to be sober? Because I'm dying. I'm dying here. And I'm happy that you're happy, but I'm not. I'm fucking dying. I'm miserable. When are you going to tell me how to be sober, you know? And there's cake, and I'll come back tomorrow because I have nowhere else to go. And um, Becca, Becca, Becca hands me <laughs> a business card. Becca taught me to be a sponsor from our first interaction. Her job as a sponsor was to teach me how to be a sponsor. And um, after my little rant, which was like eight minutes, <laughs> she gave me a business card, and on the back she had written, if you want someone to take you through your steps, I'll do it. And I hear a lot of people say, I need you to show me the willingness and ask me to sponsor you. And the truth is, is that I was showing willingness by turning up to this place that I didn't want to be with people I didn't want to be with and say I'm dying. And she was the most well woman in the room and that's why she offered me to sponsor her. And if I would have picked someone I related to, it would not have been Becca. <laughs> I would have found someone with no teeth who lived in a dumpster who was still drinking. Because that's who I, that's who I, those are my people. And I would have picked them. But the most well woman in the room offered to help me because I told her I was dying, you know. And when people tell me they wait for people to ask for help, I'm like, I picture the lifeboat, and I'm in the lifeboat, and dude is drowning next to me, and I'm like, well, nothing, flipping through my big book, like, I'm fine here, like, if I'm well, I'm going to dive in and go save your ass, you know, I'm going to go help you. Um, Becca came to my house, she came to my house, and don't get me wrong, I make those bitches come to me all the time, but like, she came to my house because... I had three tiny children. My husband was out of the country, and she could. You know, She was happy to put my recovery. She was happy to work for my recovery as long as I was happy to work for my recovery. She came to me. Um, the first thing she said to me, which I have stolen in and I will say to you, is um, I'm not your taxi, and I'm not your therapist, and I'm not your marriage counselor, and I'm not your ATM. I'm not even your friend until you start sponsoring other people. But I will do, what I will do is I will take you through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous in the exact same way that I was taken through. I will do the service of not making anything up. And if you follow the directions as I lay them out for you, 
you, this will work for you and you will recover. And I didn't like her and I did not think happiness was on offer, but um, I didn't have her anywhere else to go. But I did trust her when she told me about her alcoholism, that she had the phenomenon of craving and mental obsession with alcohol. No one's ever said that to me before. They said, why, why don't you just have two? And I'm like, I don't know, David. I didn't try two, you know? <laughs> so... I did what she said begrudgingly, you know, and uh, she showed up to my house once or twice a week and brought me through the book, and I showed up begrudgingly with the work that she asked me to complete, and um, we went through the work very, very fast, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I'm a quickly, and you hear a lot of slowly stories, and that is so good if you are a slowly, but it is damn important here that you can be a quickly as well, because it says that in the book, and I did that. And um, I got well very fast. And um, at the, page 164, with a tear in her eye, and I'm like making fun of her for getting weepy, because I was like, that's weird. But now every time I take a sponsee through, and at the end, 164, I'm crying, and they're like, that's weird. Till they take a sponsee through and call me, they're like, you've made me a crier. 164. She reads it to me, and she hands me her big book across the table. And she said, I love you. You need to go help people now. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try something. Okay. I hear a lot of people say I've been through the 12 steps, and I'm not helping other people through the 12 steps. I've been through the 12 steps in three different fellowships. Well, who are you sponsoring? Well, no one. Still a bit more me time. I think I've cracked the code as to why we would have been brought through the 12 steps and not brought someone else. And I promise I won't embarrass anyone, but this is my theory. If you are sponsoring other people through the 12 steps, can you just raise your hand? Have a little look around. Lots of people, okay? Put them down. Now, the first time someone came and asked you to sponsor them, or the first time that your sponsor's like, it's your turn, go out and help, were you like, I am super prepared? No one, no one was super prepared because I think that people think that the people who are helping were like they knew something more than what was just taught to them or that they were super prepared. She handed me her sponsorship big book for me to make my own and say, go help people. And I said out loud, people are going to die if I'm in charge. <laughs> and I think that I figured out the, what happened in that moment I'd been through the steps. I found out I'd become equipped with facts about myself and my alcoholism. I was connected to a power greater than myself. I'd been through the amends. I was walking hand in hand with the spirit. Things had happened. The compulsion was removed. I had this thing. I knew that God was there. But in this moment, I was still delusional that Becca had some power, that my sponsor must have still been responsible for getting me sober. And that's why I was afraid to help other people, because I believed Becca was the power. Becca from day one said, I am not God. I am your lightning rod to God. And she did this, and I still see it, and it looks ridiculous. I'm your lightning rod to God. But I'm not God. And today, I am not the power, right? I'm not the power. You are not the power. But I have a way to get you to the power. And I, you know, I did the steps in 30 days. And I was not going to help a damn person. I was going to copy that book and not help because that would be attempted murder, I thought. And um, <laughs> there was a woman sitting outside, and I, rem I remember everything about her. And she's smoking a cigarette, and she puts it out, and I'd never seen her before. And she goes, 
I just want someone to tell me what to do. I said, I can tell you what to do. I just got told, you know, like she did not ask how sober I was. Thank God, you know, because she would have. I could tell you what to do. I was just told. And I think people think there's something other than this that I have to deliver as a message. No, no, just this. And 34 days sober, I started taking someone else through the book. Now, it wasn't fancy, right? It was like, though we did not like their symptoms, you know, I had, it was just this. Here's the life hack, sponsor hack. If you stick to the words in this book, you don't have to make up a single solution to alcoholism for anyone. I don't have to make up a thing if I just stick to this. And it wasn't fancy and it wasn't sexy, but I did this and only this. And some things happened. Um, I don't believe that an alcoholic, because you'll hear it, you'll hear people say, I read it a hundred times, but until I read it with a sponsor who's been read it with their sponsor, it, it didn't make sense, right? I don't believe an alcoholic is built to be able to read this on their own. It's like a magic book and shit just appears out of nowhere, you know, after you've read it a bunch of times. I believe it's like it is a textbook and it's a literal document, right? And there's directions in there, but they have some weird old white guy like verbiage that I need deciphering because I'm a little bit gangster even though I look like this. And um, I need a teacher. And I look at it this way, like I have three kids. If we didn't need someone to teach us the textbooks, we could just have my kids' textbooks delivered at the beginning of the year, be like, yo, kid, you just read that algebra book and no algebra. You know, I can't even learn algebra with a teacher. I'm totally full of shit. But that's the point is we need teachers for a reason. And if you've ever heard what I believe is true about this, is that if you want to become a master at something, teach it. And it doesn't have to be sexy because I'm not the power. All it has to be is that I'm going to learn this book by teaching it. I have a sponsee, went through the steps in about three months, immediately got like four sponsees. Everyone was really willing, got people through the book. It was this thing, and I said, did you learn more from teaching this book to your sponsees or from me teaching you? And he goes, I'm sorry, lady, but I don't remember a thing you said to me. <laughs> and that's been my truth. There's a couple things where Becca's voice, as I'm reading the book, comes out to this day, you know. But the truth is, is that I've, I've learned this program by teaching it to other people. Becca taught me the most important thing is that I'm not in the results business. If I was, I would be the power, but I don't have the power to get you sober. I'm not in the results business. I'm just here, it says, to be helpful. The only way you want me to be helpful to you, though, isn't an opinion or an outside thing. It's for me to take you to the solution of alcoholism, which in turn is God, because I can do that. You know, you don't want my opinion, and if you're new, you actually don't need to listen to any opinion if it doesn't have a page number in here. If you think about it in an AA meeting, if you hear an opinion that isn't in the big book, it was made up by an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm a hairdresser. I'll give you an opinion on 
fringe? Probably no. You know, that's all you want from me. That's the only opinion. <laughs> but other than that, you, you know, if I stick to this, we're actually going to be okay. Um, I have so many experiences with step 12 and it was all I had to do was look at my sponsor showing me how to be helpful. At 26 days sober, I remember her pulling up outside my house and calling me and she said, get in loser. We're out the front. We're going to go help people. And I was like, okay. And I got in the car and she goes, we're going to go talk at the homeless. We're going to go help at the homeless men's shelter. And I was like, okay. And we pull up to the homeless men's shelter. And she said, you're talking for 20 minutes. <laughs> and that was terrifying to me because I still thought that I had the power. The truth is the reason I can help you is the whole point of this. The reason I can help you is because even though we don't look the same or act the same or have the same life, I have something that non-alcoholics don't have. I have the phenomenon of craving, which means nothing to heavy drinkers and non-alcoholics. They have no idea what that means. And I have a compulsion to drink, which will kill me. I have that. I also have experience doing all the stuff listed after that. And then the compulsion being removed from me and a new way of living. And it doesn't take, and there's no extra after that. You know, the truth is, is, is if you just stick to the words in the book, you cannot fail because you don't have any power anyways. You know, I'm not the power. I can connect you to the power. However, um, I sponsor as many people as God tells me to sponsor. And it's not about me. Uh, sometimes at the beginning, I used to really get my ego involved in sponsorship. I used to count how many sponsees I had all the time. I'm like, I must be super important to God. And then I'm like, you're an AA, Laura. You're AA famous. Wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not, I'm not. Um, but the way that I know that my ego isn't involved in this and that I'm not doing it is 100% of the time you will get a sponsee who gets to a year and they will give you the you saved my life monologue. <laughs> and you will know that you didn't do it when they say thank you for saving my life. And you know you didn't. And um, it really bugs them because I remember doing that when you say, no, no, thanks God. No, no, thanks God. Every year on my AA birthday, I call my first sponsor. Sober again, like a little validation. She's always like, thanks God. That's it. That's all she'll ever say. Thanks God. Um, I remember her being on the phone with her sponsor and I was like 60 days sober and, um, she was 10 years sober. She had forgotten what a miracle this is, right? Cause I think that we forget if she forgot what a miracle this is, she was on the phone with her sponsor. I'd never met. And I like grabbed the phone out of her hand and I was like, you saved my life. Thank you for doing the things and thank you for sponsoring Becca and you saved my life. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And that was it. And, um, I was like, you don't understand, though. It's my life. And the further we get from the drink and the more that we help others, and this is just what we do, yeah, yeah, this is going to work. This is going to work, duh. You know, I don't have faith in God, but I have plenty of evidence, you know. Of course it's going to work. It works for everybody who does 100% of the things. It works 100% of the time, so don't worry. It'll work, you know, duh. Um, you get further away, and we forget what a miracle this is. Um, if you are afraid to help other people, 
that's okay. Be afraid. Do it anyway. It's your primary purpose. Um, saying that just because you're new, if you've been through the steps, you're in the lifeboat and dude is flailing outside in the ocean. Don't wait till you get nice and comfy and dry. You'll forget how important this is. Jump your ass in there. Go help some people. They're drowning. Thank you. Information about the Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available at stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au.